Hey there, thanks for listening to True Sleep. This podcast is designed to help you meditate in your heart upon your bed and be still. My aim is to help you get some rest in a restless world by helping you meditate on the words of Scripture. Not my words or my ideas. I just want to hold in front of your mind's eye God's Word. And as you focus on it and focus on Him through it, you will experience rest for your souls. That's my prayer. So thank you for listening. Hello to uh, you in England. I see in my analytics that I have listeners in England, which I just think is amazing. I really appreciate you listening, and I appreciate you listening wherever you are. We're going to meditate on Job chapter 4 this time. What better way to close out this year than meditating on a passage from Job? Before we do, let's pray. Father, we submit ourselves to you. Please give us ears that hear and eyes that see and soft hearts that are moldable in your hands. Help me to serve this listener really well. Please protect us from any false ideas or false teachings that could creep in through our imaginations or just help us not to add or take away from your word, just to receive it in its pure power as you inspired it. And for this listener, I ask that you would help them find peace and rest by listening to and responding well to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, settle in. We are going to begin at Job chapter 4, verse 1. And as always, this is not premeditated. This is a live meditation together. I have not read this in a long time. And whenever the last time I read through the book of Job, actually, I could tell you, I mark when I read through the Bible at my own pace and I mark at the beginning of each new book what date I got there in my reading. So it looks like the last time I got here was in March of 2019. So it's been a little while. Uh, as you're listening to this, it's either the, either the very end of 2021 or the beginning of 2022, depending on when you get around to it. So let's just read it together and trust the Holy Spirit to help us meditate on it well. It says, Then Eliphaz the Temanite answered and said, Just for your sake, if you don't remember, Job has finally spoken up after sitting in silence in ashes, grieving heavily the loss of his family and his livelihood and his health. And he's got several friends that have come to comfort him, and they've just been sitting there quietly. And Job finally spoke up in chapter 3. It's just a, a lament, just expressing how bad he feels. And here is the first friend who's going to respond. Now, spoiler alert, at the end of the book of Job, we find out that none of these guys were thinking right. So as we read this, you have to keep that in mind. This is one man trying to counsel another man who is suffering greatly. And we'll glean from it what we can. So Eliphaz the Temanite answered and said, If one ventures a word with you, will you be impatient Yet who can keep from speaking? Behold, you have instructed many, and you have strengthened the weak hands. Your words have upheld him who was stumbling, and you have made firm the feeble knees. But now it has come to you, and you are impatient. It touches you, and you are dismayed. 
Is not your fear of God your confidence and the integrity of your ways your hope? We'll stop there. That's verse 6. So let's just think through what Eliphaz is saying to his suffering friend here. And it's helpful to put yourself in his shoes. Maybe you've experienced this. You've been the friend beside the friend who is undergoing extreme suffering. And it's hard to know what to say. But Eliphaz is venturing to do so here. He says, if one ventures a word with you, speaking to Job, will you be impatient? So it seems like he knows this may not go well. So he's hedging his bets as he begins. Yet who can keep from speaking? He's got this burning in him. He feels like he has to say something. Often that's where you go wrong when you're with someone who is suffering extremely. If you don't know from the Holy Spirit what to say that would be good and encouraging and strengthening and healing and comforting, it's okay not to say anything. Eliphaz just has to say something. Verse 3, Behold, and here he lays out some of Job's good qualities. We know from the beginning of the book of Job that he was a righteous and blameless man. Here we see how his friends saw him, and this kind of works out what that righteousness looked like in Job's daily life. Behold, you have instructed many, and you have strengthened the weak hands. Your words have upheld him who was stumbling. And you have made firm the feeble knees. So Eliphaz is setting before Job some of his good qualities. It seems as though to me as I'm reading it with you now that he's trying to set things up so that Job will not be mad at him for instructing Job, trying to strengthen Job's weak hands, trying to use his words to uphold Job from stumbling, trying to help Job's feeble knees to be firm. So he's pointing out, you know, Job, you've done this for many. Let me try to do this for you. And then verse 5 is where he really makes a turn. He says, you've done all these things for other people, verse 5, but now it has come to you and you are impatient. It touches you and you are dismayed. So Job, now you're in the situation where you need help and you're being impatient. And you're being dismayed. So Eliphaz is kind of judging Job a little bit here. And then verse 6, Is not your fear of God your confidence and the integrity of your ways your hope? Now here's one of the central questions of Job, and I think a good spot for us to park for just a minute. One of the big questions of Job is, when you are suffering, does that mean that you have somehow been unfaithful to God, that you have somehow stopped fearing Him, somehow stopped being confident in Him, somehow faltered in your integrity, somehow stopped hoping in Him? What do you think about that? Is there a direct correlation between a human being's suffering and that human being's relationship with God?
how would you respond to what Eliphaz is saying here if you were Job? And you might be like Job. You may be in a time of extreme suffering right now. How would you respond if someone said these things to you? Let's read on into verse 7 to continue to listen to Eliphaz here. Verse 7, Remember who that was innocent ever perished, or where were the upright cut off? All right, think about that for just a minute. Have innocent people ever died? Have upright people ever been cut off in, in this sense? I think he means cut off from the living, killed. Well, I think we have to say, of course, of course, innocent people have perished. Of course, upright people have been cut off. And the prime epitome example is Jesus Christ himself, completely innocent, yet perished on the cross, completely upright, yet cut off. So we can see that Eliphaz is not quite on the right track here with his line of thinking. But let's read on and see what else he has to say. Verse 8. And again, as I read, put yourself in Job's shoes. How would you feel and respond hearing this? He says, As I have seen, those who plow iniquity and sow trouble reap the same. By the breath of God they perish, and by the blast of his anger they are consumed. The roar of the lion, the voice of the fierce lion, the teeth of the young lions are broken, the strong lion perishes for lack of prey, and the cubs of the lioness are scattered. So Eliphaz here clearly thinks that Job must have some sin in his life and that his suffering is God's judgment. He says, as I have seen in my experience, as I look around, those who plow iniquity and sow trouble reap the same. So it's a farming image here. And he says, those who and their decisions and actions and words and treatment of other people and business dealings, etc., are like farmers sowing seeds of trouble. Just like a farmer who sows wheat will reap wheat, people that sow trouble will reap trouble. And his logic seems to be, so if you're reaping trouble, you must have sown trouble. It's almost really the idea of karma, which is not Christian. It's not a biblically sound idea. Now, it is true that in general, and you see this in the book of Proverbs, by general principle, if you sow trouble, you will reap trouble generally. But we live in a fallen world that is all screwed up because of sin. And in that way, we are reaping the trouble that Adam sowed generations ago. And it may not be directly connected to any sin in your own life. 
So how about you? You might be restless because you're experiencing trouble. Is that trouble a direct result of your decisions? Or is it a result of the fallenness of this world and things outside of your control? Eliphaz seems to think that any suffering is God's direct punishment. He says in verse 9, By the breath of God they perish, and by the blast of his anger they are consumed. So when you see suffering people, do you tend to jump to the conclusion that they are suffering because of something they've done, and that that is God's punishment upon them? Eliphaz sees it that way. At the end of Job, we find out that he was not thinking correctly. And then he goes into this, these two verses about lions that I have to be honest, I don't fully understand what he means. I'm just going to read them and let you kind of think on them. Maybe the Holy Spirit will help you to understand what he means. It says there in verse 10 and 11, The roar of the lion, the voice of the fierce lion, the teeth of the young lions are broken. The strong lion perishes for lack of prey, and the cubs of the lioness are scattered. Maybe that's just another way of him framing Job's situation. Maybe Job is like the lion here, strong and in command before all the calamity fell upon him. And now he's like a lion whose teeth have been broken, who is perishing for lack of prey, and whose cubs have been scattered because he's lost his children. Maybe that's what he means. Not 100% sure, so don't take that to the bank, but think about it. I think that's a pretty good stopping point for this meditation, and I just want to pray for you, but just leave you thinking about suffering. An odd topic for a podcast aimed at helping you rest. But the Bible goes there often, and we will go there every time we're in the book of Job because that's the whole point of the book. But just know that sometimes we are suffering because we have sinned in some way and we're experiencing the consequences of it. Other times we are suffering because we live in a fallen world that is groaning in pain waiting for Jesus to return and set everything right. And whichever it is, the solution is the same. Turn to God through faith in Jesus Christ. Through trusting in Jesus, you receive God's mercy and grace and forgiveness. So even if it is your own sin that is causing your suffering, that is where the solution is. And even if it isn't, through faith in Jesus Christ, we're restored to God, reconciled to Him, and we know that He will work all things together for our good. 
doesn't mean each thing will feel good, but it means everything will work together with all the other things that God allows into our lives to bring us closer to him and to make us more like Jesus. So when you're suffering or when you are comforting someone who is suffering, look to Jesus and point people to Jesus. Father, thank you for this listener. I'm just so grateful that you have chosen to bring them to this episode to think about this passage of Scripture. I trust you to use it to work mightily in their lives, to help them to find peace through a better understanding of how suffering in this fallen world works. Please draw them close to you. Please bring them to yourself through faith in Jesus Christ. I entrust them into your hands now in Jesus' name. Amen.